0: Here with Steve Gainer from Fulbright, and we are going to be talking about a lot of shit, <laughs> a lot of good shit. Yes. What's up? How's E3?
1: Oh, good. Good so far.
0: You've I just mean, been here for a day. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, let's say two.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: but uh, I'm having a short E3. I'm heading home because mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we got to get the rest of the game finished.
0: And you're here because they were showing Tacoma at the um, Xbox Hands-On event yesterday, mainly. Yeah, um, well,
1: and so. uh, at the uh, press conference on Sunday, we got to announce our release date on stage up there, which is really August
0: twentieth. Cool. August, I, am I close? I, I kind of wish, because I'll what take the it?
1: extra week while I can get it. It's oh, August okay. 2nd.
0: August 2nd. Yeah. I knew there was a two in there.
1: Oh, yeah. But only the one, no zeros. Only yeah. the one, yeah, no So, zero. yeah, August 2nd. PC, Xbox One, so yeah, we're kind of here announcing that, talking to people about it. Yeah, we did a, a whole hands-on thing yesterday, and cool. a bunch of people got to play it. So yeah, it was cool. What
0: was what was the reaction to people playing it? Because I played the demo. Was it the same demo that I played? That you? Yeah, it was the same showing? part of the okay, game that. So it, yeah. What what were you getting from like the people playing?
1: Well, it's really cool seeing people get into it for the first time because usually, I mean, sometimes it's like somebody who's sort of has an idea of it, but most people, it seems like, are either. They just have no idea what it is, Mm -hmm. or they're like gone home fans, or they kind of are 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 are, you know already aware of it, and it's cool seeing both sides of that because people that just don't even have any idea what it is, it seems like it really clicks, you know, like people like get through it and just sort of like get what it's about, which is good to see as a developer because you know we're making something that isn't exactly probably like like a lot of things that that people play. There's this whole idea of like you're rewinding and fast forwarding through these scenes that are like you're in the middle of mm. and you know we try not to go real heavy with like a hardcore tutorial of like here's how it works yeah. here's what you do and so being able to see people just kind of pick it up and be like oh I get it I'm like seeing things from different angles yeah. is cool and then talking to people who know Gone Home and kind of know our work and are, are talking about their experience through that lens is like really cool just to hear their interpretation I guess Did So you
0: get um, people who had like expectations of what the gameplay might be like, and their expectations were met, or were like, how did how <laughs> did people we're, feel? We're
1: terribly disappointed. No,
0: no, I don't. I feel like people
1: <laughs> be disappointed at all. Well the, well, the thing is, when you're at a at an in-person thing, you're usually even if somebody was sort of like, ah, it didn't seem very good, they're, they're probably not going to say, gonna say that, that to you. It, right? They'll probably be like, cool, thanks. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, I think that. So you know, putting aside the fact that, except for like. There's probably one guy who goes to these events and is like, "So your game sucked." And you're so like, here's what you Bro. can change in the next month and a half, <laughs> right? Um, but like, uh, putting that aside, the the people that that did kind of uh, you know have a have a reaction to it and talk to us about it, it was. I mean the the thing that we're hoping for is that you know, by starting from a game that has a lot, you know, that, that has kind of gone home as its foundation, where it's a, it's a first-person exploration game, you find documents and objects in the environment, all that Take kind of time. stuff. Take your time,
0: it's like, you're, you're on your own terms, you're yeah, doing your own thing. kind of a
1: self-directed, yeah. you know, exploration thing. But then layering these real-time scenes with characters that you can kind of be in the middle of onto that experience and making that be part of the whole understanding you have mm-hmm. of it. You know, seeing people... Talk about it as something that added up to something that they felt like was like really unique yeah, it yeah, is vindicating because you know you, I don't think you ever want to say like well, we made this one thing, and then we put this one little you know like just drop this one thing on top of it, but mm-hmm. it's still just like that with the thing it's like if you can expand what you're building so that it feels like a like legitimately you know fresh experience uh, and it feels like you're kind of getting something out of it that you couldn't have uh otherwise that's really cool to see yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's great because. It's still very similar gameplay as far as just like exploring and doing your own thing, but it's a completely different game. So cool. for those who didn't play Gone Home or played Gone Home and have no idea what Tacoma is, what's like the what's the TL TLDR? Ah. Quick summary of the story.
1: Okay. Uh, sorry, I was like, where are we going with this acronym? What is the TLC? TLC. Is there a no scrubs <laughs> right. policy in the game? Um, so in Tacoma, um, you're chasing some waterfalls. No. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, don't do that. Don't go. Don't go chasing
1: them. Well, exactly. That's the problem. You you fucked up right away. Uh, mm. Um so Tacoma is uh it's a it's a first person narrative game. Takes place on a space station. I'm I'm so deep in the in the TLC references now. I'm <laughs> thinking cool about night, the one where going. they're like on a space station. Isn't there one where they're like That's swearing no like silver outfits? That's no yeah, scrubs. okay. So it takes place in the no scrub cinematic universe.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, have the, they have the big like glowing things on like all of their like Inappropriate parts right. or whatever. Yeah, and
1: that was a big inspiration for us. Like you oh. look down and you see the glowing inappropriate <laughs> yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a mind-blowing gaming experience. Um, can we start over? No, just here. uh um, so Tacoma. The TLC. It's a um it, it's a yeah, it's a it's a narrative game, first person exploration game. It takes place on a space station. Basically the crew of the station has been evacuated before you arrived, and you've been hired as a contractor by the, the company that runs this whole facility to go on board, return the AI from the facility and, and, and return it to them. And so since you're a, basically a, you know, a, a, a contractor or a temp, you only have been given like need-to-know information. Yeah. And so yeah. as you're exploring the station, you're recovering this data that was basically captured by the tracking systems that have recorded these moments that, that happened to the crew before you arrived and recorded what you know data they were looking at and, and communications they were having. And as you play and as you explore and, and find you know, physical objects in the environment as well, you're adding it all up to basically what really happened on the station before yeah, you arrived. Uh, why was the crew evacuated? Why were you really sent here? Um, and it's that story of kind of discovering that as you explore.
0: Cool. Um, so one of the... I, I made a tweet, and I was like, does anybody have any questions for Steve about Tacoma? Because, right. like, I've played it, and I've asked a bunch, a bunch of questions. What do you guys want to know? And um,
1: Too much. Too much...
0: There's an airplane flying over us. All right, airplane's gone. So, um, I made a tweet. I asked people what they want to know about Tacoma. Someone asked, um, even though I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the case because you guys have been working on Tacoma for a long time. Someone asked if there was any inspiration from Prey. Oh. Like for Tacoma, but n- no, right? Because you guys were like, had this all like. Oh, right. Out yeah.
1: I mean, time. it's um something kind of interesting about that. Just like. So, A, so, yeah, like, we're, we're big fans of Arcane's work. And actually, um, we worked with at least one or two people um, when we worked on Bioshock 2. Mm-hmm. Um, some some people we worked with worked on Prey, which is really cool. It's, you know, it's like it, the, the game development world gets smaller and smaller the right. longer you're yeah. in it. Yeah. So we have friends that worked on the game, like, um, but, yeah, I think that our development cycles were, like, not too far off. Like, they've been working on the game for, like, a few years, uh, and uh, so if we... Um, but it's interesting because when we first started showing stuff from Tacoma, it had that kind of more opulent, you know, um, visual style to it. There was like gilding and columns yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And as we kind of reassessed what we were doing with the game, we made it more of like a high-tech facility, more of like a, you know, corporate, you know, um, aesthetic kind of brought the proportions <laughs> in. but. When I played Prey, I was like, "Wow, this feels a lot like that, the you know, kind of like that, that like opulent idea, version yeah. of a mm-hmm, space mm-hmm, station mm-hmm. that uh, that we were going down that road." So it was sort of cool to be like, "Oh wow, you know, like I'm getting to play something where we're in an environment like that, and somebody's kind of fully explored mm-hmm. out that idea." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there was there was some cool stuff. Similarly, I think you know, it's like there, there can be kind of coincidence or zeitgeist kind of stuff where if you played Prey, they have the um, the like looking glass screen technology and there's a couple of scenes where you use it to yeah. basically be able to see recordings yep. happen yep, from yep. different angles and I was like oh wow this is really cool and I'm like oh this is kind of what our game's like all right well I'm glad I like <laughs> playing it in somebody else's game because like right. maybe that means we're on a good track right. but yeah no I wouldn't say any direct inspiration but you know I'm I'm sure that a lot of us come from that similar kind of design you know philosophy background of, of looking glass games and, and immersive sims being a big influence yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's weird to be putting out like a space station game. So I'm soon so happy after we have Prey. two space station games. I know. Games I'll in take all the space station games I can right. get.
0: <laughs> and speaking of Prey and inspiration, um, Waypoint put out a piece recently where uh, Danielle wrote about uh, Prey garnering some inspiration from Gone Home. So, how did you feel about that?
1: I mean, I, like, did you
0: know that the whole time? Like, no, no, okay.
1: yeah. So I played through Prey right when it came out, and you know, obviously, like our inspirations for Gone Home, and I think a lot of the like first-person story games that you play, it, it comes from the background of that. Um... Should I wait on this? Yeah. All right.
0: Planes.
1: All right. Um, yes. So I, think a, so I think a lot of, you know, kind of the, the starting point for a lot of the, the environmental storytelling stuff that we do and, and that other, you know, first-person narrative games do comes from that background of, you know, the System Shock games mm-hmm. and Immersive Sims and, like, Prey goes straight, you know, it's like a direct descendant yeah, yeah. of that. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like they're... You know, we're looking at a lot of the same influences, but obviously with Gone Home, we made that the focus of the game and kind of tried to say, how can we expand on what, you know, these these tropes and this way of telling a story can be about into really, like, what the whole game is. And so it's been really cool seeing that kind of filter back into expanding that that focus yeah, on those elements yeah. in in larger games. And I know that, um, yeah, on, on Prey... Uh, there was at least a couple of people that I know who worked on that game who I, I played through the the part of the game where I'm like, wow, this is very Gone Homey. Like, uh, and you know, like yeah, I'm, I'm so finding- about that. <laughs> well, literally, it was like, wow, I'm finding a lot of like crumpled up notes and yeah, like there's yeah. this whole love triangle kind of situation, and uh, and and my friend at, at arcade was sort of like, I might have looked at Gone Home a little, <laughs> which is I might which I played is, it a few times. Yeah, and so it's really cool. Like, I mean, I feel like. You know, I've worked in AAA and then obviously have an an indie studio now. And something that I think more than ever is true is that there's just this ongoing, like, two-way dialogue between indie and AAA and how we're kind of learning things Mm -hmm. from each other. And, And seeing that influence really clearly in both directions is, I don't know, it's really inspiring. I feel like there's this thing about the games industry where I'm sure when you're looking at, you know, when, like, EA and Ubisoft are looking at their numbers, they're, like, competitors, but like, I yeah. think as designers and developers, it feels a lot more like a like a community like, you're right. like, oh, we all, want, like, we're all like playing each other's stuff and being yeah. influenced by it and, yeah. like, trying to make, the, make cooler things out of that, so. I'm always
0: surprised when people think that AAAs don't garner inspiration from indie games or that, like, or people working on AAAs aren't playing indie games, right. you know? Well, and
1: I mean, I, I think that almost all indie developers play AAA games and are influenced by them, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen so many, like, indie games that are influenced by, like, Dark Souls, for instance, yeah. right? Yeah, you probably. know? And, and I think that there is just that cross-pollination mm-hmm. in both directions just pretty much all the time. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, um, moving on, I wanted to ask uh, the number one question that we got on Twitter mm. was about the console release for Tacoma yeah. and. You guys are releasing on Xbox. I'm very excited. I'm excited to see a game, one of your guys' games, on console. Yeah. Um, Launching
1: on console. Launching on console. We ended up bringing uh, Gone Home to to console, like, two years, three years after it came out. A while after it came out. So being able to have a a console launch, like, Mm. on day one is, Mm. yeah, really cool.
0: So people are asking, PS4, comma, (laughs) when? Yeah. PS4, comma, win? Question mark. <laughs> that's 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 what they're asking. Thank you
1: for, for going through all the the punctuation. That's actually <laughs> really. helpful. welcome. You're welcome. Uh, uh, I mean, so th- when they were up, when when the game was up on stage, some people had some questions from the Microsoft conference. That the the language they used was console launch exclusive, and it was like which what? is
0: what they use for a lot of right, games and and
1: so. To, to unpack that phrase, it means that Xbox is the only console we're going to be on when we launch yep. um, right and, and so from our point of view like we're a really small studio relatively speaking we're, we're eight people yeah. and it's a real boon to us to be able to focus on one console for ship and to have like a ton of support from, from Microsoft. And I think from, from our point of view, we're really taking it like one step at a time. Mm-hmm. So you know mm-hmm. PC and Xbox for launch, and then I think we're going to kind of like play it by ear and see what happens in the, in the future. But cool. we don't yeah. have any, like, honestly, we don't have any, we hardly have any plans past launch. We're like, we're going to launch it. We're going to probably, you know, make sure that we can put some patches out. We're mm-hmm. going to probably take some time off. You deserve it. <laughs> and, you then deserve we'll, and then, you yeah, know, we'll see what's after that. Okay, yeah. Cool.
0: JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, another question that I, that we got that I liked because I like Nina yeah. Um, has Nina Freeman's involvement changed the way that you guys approach storytelling? Her intimate way of telling stories has made me very excited for Tacoma. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, Nina Freeman uh, is an indie developer. She's released. Uh, how do you do it? And freshman year, mm-hmm. and Sybil, um, and recently a game called Kimmy. Yep. So she's made a lot of these games that are about very kind of personal um, perspectives, personal experiences. Okay. You know, very kind of small. I guess like 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 the reader, user, yep. online person uh, yeah. was saying. With Sybil, you're like, uh, what, Cybil, are, are you're like intimate. You know? Yeah. With
0: Sybil, you're like basically in in her personal yeah business. The whole right. Game. You're
1: you're like in her head while yeah. she's very, going through very these. Intimate. Yeah. And um, so Nina is a level designer um, on Tacoma. So she's helped, you know, with design and implementation all throughout the the game. So, you know, the the cool thing about being able to expand a studio, you know, like we were four people making Gone Home. And so expanding that, we're, we, we doubled in size to yeah, eight. Um, but, you know, being able to like bring on new people means that we can do things like bringing on Nina who hasn't made, you know, like a, a 3D level before she worked with us and didn't have kind of the, the the baseline of well, here's what it's like, you know, like, the other designers of the studio come from working on really big games. So being able to say, like, well, we can bring Nina on or someone like her on and help her, like, build that yeah. that skill set. Yeah. The cool thing about it is, A, you see somebody grow into a new set of skills and just become very, you know, like, quickly capable of just, like, knocking out this, this stuff really impressively. But then also... Because they don't have all of these like you know built up assumptions about like here's the right way to build a level or here's how you do it
0: yeah
1: <laughs> sorry how do you do it <laughs> um, uh, she all you know new people Nina and, and, and bringing on kind of you know fresh people into into what you do they they bring in ideas that you mm. wouldn't have had or that you would have just discounted you know mm. and you're like okay well. That's something that I wouldn't have done, and it's awesome that you're here, because yeah. we're putting something in the game that, right. that I wouldn't have brought to it. Yeah. And so, yeah, Nina is definitely, um, I think that her outlook is very much in line with us wanting to focus on characters, wanting to focus on giving you access to who these people are in, in a way that's that's unguarded. Um And the cool thing is all the designers of the studio, including Nina, are are involved with designing other mechanical aspects of the game. So just having her, you know, be part of discussions about just, like, how does, you know, the progression in the game work, how does unlocking things work, and how do we communicate, you know, how the the game functions to the player, you know, it's... She's just got a great mind for that, that stuff. Um, and so the fact that I think of what people expect, you know, or think of is like, oh, you know, she's like a story person. She makes these games that have this outlook. How does How is she involved with that on the game? And the cool thing is that, you know, all of us, including her, get to really be kind of holistically involved in the design and the mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's been really cool to see.
0: Perks of being small.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, someone asked, just really quick, any plans for release in VR? I mm. I also think that Tacoma would be incredible in VR.
1: Yeah. Have you done a lot of VR?
0: Not a lot. We have a Vive and we have yeah. a PSVR at the office. Yeah. I haven't done a lot. I've done enough. Um, I've done enough to know wait, wait, that does, Tacoma wait, does, would does, look good in VR. Okay. I thought you were saying,
1: <laughs> I haven't done a lot, but I've done plenty. I don't need any more of that. Uh, no, no,
0: no. It's good. The thing about VR is um, I think it, it takes a very specific style of game right. to work.
1: So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of like with the with the console platform thing, right? Like, we are a small enough studio that we kind of have to focus on one thing at a time, and we are most definitely not a VR studio. Like, yeah. none of us yeah. have, have done any VR mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. right? I think that there is... The, the thing that is cool about that whole space is that it's evolving really quickly, right? So I think that there, like all, there are a lot of hard problems with just, like, how you have some traditional experiences in VR that are like being being solved or being figured out like i for a long time there wasn't really a great just like full on like first person you know, traditional like kind of yeah. FPS style game yeah, in yeah, VR, yeah. and then they like released Resident Evil Seven in VR, and just at the at E3 this year, Bethesda is like, we're putting all our games in there Doom right, and right. Skyrim, and that every little, game that is in game VR. game with the
0: mouse—that's that's the game I want. Moss, did you see that yeah. one? Yeah, I want I, that. I,
1: I, you can, I'll play that. You can go near a mouse in VR. Yes. Sold. Yes. Can you pet it?
0: I mean... What if you could? What, that would be awesome. Sold another one. Right, right.
1: <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I think that what I would say is VR is getting, like, VR is becoming more, it's, it's becoming, like, more clear how you can actually make this kind of game, like, be a good experience in VR as time goes on. And people are obviously interested. Um but as far as the taking one step at a time thing, yeah. we don't have any specific that's, plans that's for VR like at this 50 point. 50 steps away. Right.
0: Yeah, or, yeah. If, if any, steps it's, away. It's, it's, some,
1: it's certainly more than zero.
0: Okay, more than zero <laughs> steps away. Good to yeah. know. Um, I'm going to take one more question from Twitter. Someone it's asked... On the web. um
1: Are you online right now?
0: I'm. I'm never online. You know me. I'm never online. <laughs> You're constantly. What was <laughs> what was the most challenging aspect slash feature for the dev team to implement in the game, and what was their favorite to implement?
1: Uh-oh. Well, we uh, you know, we started out working on the game, and the shape of it was much different than than what we ended up chipping. Right, like um, it was a lot more. Like we started out more from what we knew. It was more of like the the progression was more like gone home, and you found these AR scenes but they were kind of like visual audio diaries Um, and as we pushed on it more we realized that we wanted to have more of the scene just surround you and not be able to just see it all at once not like click on it and then you stand there and watch it and then you're done we wanted to say it's more of this kind of web of these these events that are happening and you can move through them and you can like move Mm -hmm. through the timeline and, and kind of be at all the places in that scene at once in a way right like over over time um, and once we had that idea and we were like "Okay, what if you could rewind it and fast forward it what if you could pause it and move somewhere else and then start playing it again our programmer Hannah got that implemented I don't, it's, it's always the story where it's like you're like what if you could re- rewind the scenes and it was this and then, and then like a day and a half later they're like okay so you can rewind them now you want to try that <laughs> we're like Oh, this is actually really like this is really cool. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, luckily, making a video game is real life. So, <laughs> true, true, true. So, so on those days, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's like an early prototype. You're not gonna like build it the exact same way for ship and mm-hmm. stuff. But you get that idea of like, you know, what if there was more around you? What if you could, you know, move the timeline and then you see it work and you're like, okay, okay, yeah, we can. We can do this, right? Yeah, this can be yeah. what the game is based on. Very
0: rewarding. And,
1: right. When you when you have that, that click moment of like, okay, this can be what the game is about. We can see the potential to base the rest of what we're doing on this. It's really cool. Um, you know, I think that working within that space has been kind of the most fun or the the my favorite part of it. Because there's the technical side where you're like, okay, we move the animations back and yeah. forth and all that kind of stuff. But then from the creative side, you know, I had only written for games that are like the classic audio diary structure before, where it's like, here's going to be one audio diary, and then here's one, and then you find this one, and you know, you find some environmental storytelling in between it, and the writing process for Tacoma was like, kind of crazy, because you're not just writing one scene of like, dialogue between characters, and it has Mm -hmm. to be good, you're actually saying, we've got this much space... And we have six characters, and they're all in it. And these two might start here, but then they walk in and meet these two characters. And these two characters are having a conversation before that. And then this other person, you know, they call out to them, and they walk up. And they were doing stuff before that. And so you really have to think of it as these sections of time where what these people are doing and what they're doing have to take the same amount of time because they meet up and then this person over here whatever they're doing that has to fill up so that and so all these like lines have to cross and so having that challenge as a writer and having to think in is you know like writing in 3d kind of Mm -hmm. was like really interesting And it was, like, something I had never done before, and I think that that there's not a lot of stuff that's quite built that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, And so having to do the problem-solving and having to say, like, wait, so how do we account for how long it takes for, you know, this character to walk from here to here? Does that mean that this line is too long? And it meant that we actually had to um, wrote the script and then we rehearsed it in the studio to actually time it out and be like do these oh, different like parts with
0: people in different rooms
1: yeah at our dev studio awesome. we would like do a scene time how long it took mm-hmm. have, have another scene go be like okay that does take about the same amount of time and like you know I was editing based on well if if, if it's this many lines long they're not going to be able to walk to the next place yeah. in time yeah, yeah. and the cool thing is it meant that writing the game was a reaction to the levels that had been built so we like had to build like gray block, like, basic versions of the station. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, if the kitchen is here and the dining room is here, then they're here and they're here. And, you know, like, like writing it, kind of writing it to the space. Yeah, instead like writing of,
0: it around the level. Right. That's instead of, like,
1: it, it being something where you're like, okay, well, we've got these three audio diaries, maybe I'll stick this one here and mm-hmm. put this one here. It's a very kind of, like, every aspect of what's in the game is kind of a constraint on... On what those scenes are, so um, it was super interesting. And then the cool thing was because the entire game, all the scenes are about like people talking or being in a group or having these scenes together. We recorded our whole script ensemble style, like on a soundstage with all the actors there together performing together, which is also like not something you get to do a whole lot,
0: right? Um, unless right. it's like a really
1: mocap-heavy game or whatever. But just being able to, you know, have these scenes, have them written out, kind of know like, okay, we got the timing right. And then seeing the actors be able to, like, play off of each other and really have those moments together, um, it, was, it was really cool to kind of see it all turn into, like, a real, a real thing. Amazing. A, whole, Amazing. a, a, rea- a real grown-up video game. I'm
0: excited. I'm excited for it. <laughs> um, that's basically all I have about Tacoma. I'm okay. super excited. It comes out August 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, On Xbox and PC. Right. right. Okay. Yep.
1: And pre-orders are up now. Pre-orders are up now. uh, The full trailer. Okay.
0: Watch the full trailer. This is one thing I want to say. So, Tacoma was in the uh, the Microsoft showcase. I was super excited because I didn't know that was going to (laughs) happen, and then the trailer felt like it was 10 seconds long. It was 30 seconds long. So you can watch the full one minute and 20 second trailer on YouTube. Please do that. Um, Yeah. Last question, what are you excited... After E3, after these press conferences, after like walking around a little bit, what are you excited about... When it comes to 2017 video games, well,
1: 2017 specifically, because some of the stuff that I've seen, it, some a lot of the stuff, stuff, stuff in E3 really is like away. 2018 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for stuff like the Shadow of the Colossus remake. That's, but that's going to come out like a while from yeah, now. Yeah, let's just and,
0: broaden uh, this out. What are you excited yeah, about yeah, that yeah. came out of the C3? Yeah,
1: um, so I'm excited about that. I'm. I was really actually. Uh, kind of surprised and excited to see that um, Evil Within 2 is happening. Because, like, I I played, you know, the Evil Within, and I'm a huge fan of Shinji Mikami and the Resident Evil series. And, you know, I know that, like, the Evil Within, it was, like, it was one of those games where I'm, like, this is really cool, and also it feels like it, like, didn't quite get the chance to, like, get all the way there. And sometimes publishers are just, like... Well, too bad. Whatever. That's it. Sorry. You know, like you, you're out. And and so the fact that Bethesda is like, we're gonna, we're gonna continue like the the Evil Within mm-hmm. series. We're gonna take another run at it and and kind of give I think that dev team to continue the chance to continue yeah. exploring what they're doing with that like crazy psychological horror stuff. I thought that was like I'm I'm really glad that's happening. I can't yeah, too, I can't wait too. to see what they do with it. Um, I was really happy to see Ublitz up on okay. uh, the Microsoft you stage go. because like. That, that game is, like, so cute and fun. I played, like, an early demo version mm-hmm. of I it. Saw it
0: in the, um, I saw it in the, in the hall. I walked yeah. by it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Ublitz because it's just so cute and, and nice, and I think it's going to be a great game. Um, and, my, like, probably the top of my most anticipated games list in 2017, even though I don't think it was really here at E3, is Pyre, because that's okay. going to come out... Um, Gosh, I mean, sooner than us, like a couple weeks before us, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Super Giant Games is great, and I played the demo of Pyre as well, and that game's beautiful. And I just think it's it's going to be an awesome experience. So.
0: Awesome, yay! Well, thanks for taking the time.
1: Absolutely, thank you for um, having me.
0: Is there any, anything else that you want to say? Anything? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I never know how to end these like one-on-one things. All right. Thank you!
1: (laughs) No Scrubs, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls.
0: If you have never listened to TLC, go listen to No Scrubs and Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, because that's actually what this interview was about. (laughs) Thanks guys, bye!